1: All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave socks. you oh, to it. Find
2: out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton honors. Membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them Talk about people that you don't know you jack, jack, jack,
3: jack all the time You so hard me no talk, baby, talk, all the time talk, talk, talk. It's been a long, hot summer, but we're back, everybody. The World Cup is over, the pre-season is underway, and it's not long until Liverpool kick off the next Premier League season. Welcome back to the Live of I am joined uh this very pleasant summer evening um by Molly Randy and leanne welcome ladies thank you you're very welcome it's good to it's good to have you back. It seems like it was only a hot skip and a jump away that we were uh watching what unfolded in Kiev um but that's history now we've moved on and uh it's it's time to think look forward and think about all of the amazing things that might happen in the next season. Um, But just before we move on to that, there was a rather large uh, international football tournament that just uh, finished. Um, So I just wanted to get uh, people's general reflections about the World Cup in Russia, what you thought, what really stuck with you, you know, any, any views or sort of impressions that you were left with from a from a tournament that a lot of us frankly were slightly concerned about, both in terms of the bidding and and the location. So, um, let's start with you, Leanne. What what did you think of Russia 2018?
2: Yeah, I, I thought it was a huge success. I thought it was great to see England obviously get themselves to the semi final when no one would have expected them to um, before the tournament began. So. That obviously added a added a certain magic to it. Uh, from my point of view, just good to see, uh, you know, the English players really coming of age. Uh, Gareth Southgate instilling a new belief uh, in the country and really getting people back into this frame of mind that international football actually isn't always that bad. Uh, because England can sometimes be, it, it can sometimes be a bit of a chore to watch them. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a very good tournament. I thought. Um, Lots of twists and turns, obviously Germany not making it through the group stage, Argentina going out early, um, Mexico um, doing doing very well there as well. So, yeah, plenty of positives, some cracking goals as well. Um, I, I said on Twitter the other day, it's one of the best World Cups of my lifetime, if not the best. So, yeah, p- pleasure to watch it. Disappointing that it's now over. But as you said, Liverpool back in action again soon for the new season. So, um, hopefully we we have a good... A good campaign there, but as far as the World Cup goes, yeah, lots, lots to take from it, and and a real belief now that England and Gareth Southgate can can kick on from this. Hmm,
3: interesting. I I'm certainly one of these people who who is is club before country when it when it comes to football. So wasn't particularly enamoured by the idea of of watching England at all, um, and. I'm not saying that my mind was hugely changed because um, people would call me a being a grimbo, but when I looked at it overall um the the performances of England for me were fine but every time they came up against a team of quality they lost so uh, I I think that Gareth Southgate has done a really good job I have to say he surprised me um I also think he's, he's injected the right dose of realism, um, mm. because England are not a top four side. They, they finished fourth in the World Cup and that's a brilliant performance from where they were. Um, but, but yeah, they still got, they still got, you know, a ways to go to be able to compete regularly at that sort of top, top level. But, uh, yeah, I was, um, uh, that they 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 certainly did better than i thought they would i have to say i also was was quite impressed by by russia as as the country and i and i do separate that from its president um i thought that i thought the country everything i saw of it in terms of the different parts and it obviously is a huge country just looked like such a fascinating place to be and and the people were so interesting Oh, uh, Randy, what what did you take from from Russia 2018?
0: I think it's so sad it's over uh, for one, uh, and I've, that must have something to do with it. It was very entertaining. Uh, I quite agree. I think it was one of the best World Cups I've ever seen, uh, and and both on the side that. It was played well You know Good football And entertaining as well Loads of goals Much more goals Than than previously And also the fact that Teams that you didn't expect Were doing very well And I couldn't enjoy uh, um, You know Russia and um, England That I didn't really expect Should be as good as they were Or as entertaining Up till the last match I must say I was very disappointed For the last match um, Especially because, you know, I'm, I'm following Hendo and Trent most of all. And mm-hmm. I've got a husband that is so into England is always, you know, every World Cup or, or European Championship. He thinks they're going to win, <laughs> you know, actually. So <laughs> at this time he was like, well, yeah, it's going to happen, you know. And we, we got an Englishman with us because my daughter is uh, together with a guy from Wimbledon and he's in Norway. So we've been watching it all sorts of different places. We were streaming it, we were, you know, having parties outside in the midnight sun, you know. It was so magical. Uh, so I must say the last match I was a bit disappointed. And also because I thought Hendo fell completely through and I, I was very surprised because he'd really been very good, I thought. Um but overall, uh very, very entertaining and I must say that France is uh, that was a match that I could have gone Either way, you know, looking at the pen and all that but but France, i think uh Verde went this, so uh,
3: good on mm. them. yeah i i I did feel a bit for Croatia, I have to say yeah. um I didn't think that many of the decisions went with them but but certainly the last two goals um it was just awful defending as well um but then you know, Lloris hardly covered himself in glory for uh, <laughs> the for Croatia's for Croatia's second. I think my initial reaction after that was, "Oh my God, he's done a carius." Yeah. Um, um, so so, which isn't great if that if that becomes you know part of the lexicon that people use. No. But, but that was my, those were the first words out of my mouth. Um, Molly, there, there were a lot of goals. Um, and there were some really cracking games. I think one of the o- you know, one of the very early ones, the Spain-Portugal game, still stays with me, not also the, Bel- the Belgium-Japan game. But what did, you, what did you think about the introduction of VAR? So, first time it was ever used as a uh, World Cup. Did you think it was a, a good addition?
1: I kind of changed my mind at every um, <laughs> incident, because <laughs> I think there were some cases where... It, was really well used and there were some cases where it kind of hindered the flow of the game um and still i still i'm very undecided on var i'm very much on the fence um because obviously especially in such a big tournament kind of making the right decisions is very very important and i i understand that um However, in terms of being kind of selfishly, I suppose being a spectator, it I think it does kind of hinder the way you watch it. And there was a few instances of that. I don't know how to describe it. It looks like they're playing charades and they've got a t- like a TV show. Like, do you know that kind of signal they're doing to kind of signal to yes. the rest that they the <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Just- so he gets he gets the word. In his ear And then he draws A square (laughs) in the air To indicate the TV monitor And then he goes off To his little Perspex booth To to have a look Yes The
1: players are doing that To the ref Um,
3: Yes And and that's supposed to be A yellow card offence That
1: is Yeah And I think maybe Maybe because it's still in the early stages but I do think that on such a big stage when you're introducing something new you know you have to be kind of um it has to be clearer about how you approach it because there was still even kind of up until the latter stages there was still kind of conversations well if he's given a pen straight away does that go to the AR? And now it's, what are we waiting for now? Because, or like two, you know, because it's sort of the ball's in play, so it, it can't, get, and people are still very confused about it, even though you've sat and watched an entire tournament using this system. Mm. And then, I, and I don't think it was necessarily consistently used either. Um, so I see the benefits, but again, selfishly as a spectator, I do think it does kind of hinder your watching of the sport. From like a fan perspective,
3: mm-hmm. it, it's it's interesting. I I um I don't know if I was listening to a program or watching something where they were talking about va. They were talking about var and also the um the sort of instinctive reactions of a referee, which which somebody has done some analysis and and uh they reckon that it's it's act. Accurate sort of 96.4% of the time, or some, you know, it's a very high percentage where the referee goes with their gut. I think maybe there was a school of thought that VAR would remove all controversy, and I think that's clearly been <laughs> disproven <Yeah>. um, <laughs> this, by this tournament because it, it, I've seen that many sort of penalties given where you know i look at somebody and i go well that's a stone cold penalty and they'd look at me and go "Mm, i'm not sure um now you know 90% of the time you agree but 10% of the time you don't so i think var is never is never going to get rid of that because it's subjective i guess i do agree to an extent about when is it that you use it and or who instigates the use of it because you've obviously got these um, referees um up in the booth looking at it and, and saying to the referee on the pitch well I think you might have missed something the other bit I, I did find quite bizarre sorry just as an aside is that they were in their full match kit even though they were
0: in a yeah. so,
3: somewhere else I just I just found that quite amusing but I mean, I don't know. Liam. What, what do you think that in terms of VAR? Was it the success of this tournament? What, do you agree with Molly in terms of the impact it's had as, for spectators?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it had a massive impact um, on the World Cup. Obviously, it was introduced um, in parts last season uh, during the Premier League and, and across various leagues. Um, throughout Europe but the the problem was in the Premier League it was deemed to not be quick enough not be slick enough and it was actually causing more controversy Um, you look at that Liverpool West Brom game where there were stages where the crowd were just left not knowing what was going on pundits didn't know what was going on the referee didn't really look like he knew what was going on and it was all a bit of a sham whereas the World Cup it was it was the complete opposite everyone sort of knew what they were doing Uh, VAR was looked at um, while the game continued which I thought made it a lot more slick obviously there's still issues to iron out but but I think it did prove its worth and I obviously it made a couple of, of very very key decisions Um a, a huge point to be made is a lot of people say well VAR in the final um made a couple of wrong decisions or you know overall throughout the course of the tournament it didn't always get it right and therefore it didn't end the the controversy the debate but that's not actually the point of VAR I think it, it needs to be really honed in that VAR isn't an automated machine that produces these decisions what it does is it's a system that allows the referee to look back on on an incident and and maybe rectify a decision if he's got it wrong or clarify a decision to to suggest okay that's why I've made the decision it was the correct decision in the first place and therefore continue with his in, in, initial assessment so in that sense, it does add a lot more clarity and I think it will become a huge part of, of football um, as the, the um, you know, as the game progresses over the next few years. Uh, I think we'll see it more and more in the Premier League. I just hope that the World Cup, obviously, it, it took a big step forward in terms of how it was used um, in mm. such a slick manner. So I'm just hoping we see that more uh, next season and, and see the continued progress of it and, and able to, to demonstrate that it can be a good tool. Um, But there are obviously still issues that need to be ironed out with it.
3: Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things that didn't necessarily occur to me before I saw it in use at the World Cup was around the level of pressure that the referee on the field may feel under when he gets that buzz in his ear or whatever it is that he gets to say, you might want to go back and have another look at this because I don't know how many people are in that booth, three or four. I mean, he he's the person on the field in that moment. He's made a decision in that split second. And then he's got four of his peers going, do you want to have another look at the screen? And there's all it's almost there's an implicit um, sort of question that sort of says, are you sure you've got this right? And I think it does take quite a strong minded referee. To potentially look at it and sometimes it, you know, maybe clear cut to them, but to look at it and go, no, I know there's four review in a box, but I'm still convinced I'm right. And I, I suppose it, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms, um, on how the, the referee on the field of play might actually feel about, you know, having his, his peer sort of review that decision in the moment, and they've obviously got multiple angles that, that he didn't have. Um, so that, that was quite interesting for me. But yes, I, I can certainly think of a couple of decisions where I was, I, I understand A, why the, on one, why the decision wasn't reversed and B, you know, how the referee looking at it, didn't give it in the first place, so there, there were a couple of them like that. But yeah, I, I thought overall, I thought it 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 worked surprisingly well considering the issues we did have with it in the in the Premier League. Um, so, Randy, were France worthy champions?
0: I think they were in the end. Um, I can't see anyone else when when Brazil was doing. Such a shamble with uh, not playing Bobby <laughs> for Jesus, and uh, <laughs> that sort of made their destiny, if you ask me. And uh, together with the uh, the rolling of Neymar, of course. And I feel really sorry for their. I mean, I thought this time they're going to really do something, you know. I thought they were so sharp throughout the whole um, leading up to this uh, tournament, but. But in the end, I think France was, uh, you know, the match was OK. Uh, they were winners and they were doing what they needed to do at the right time. And they had loads of energy. Uh, and uh, when it matters, and, and that's the whole difference, I think. Um, I can't see another team that uh, could have been there at that stage. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. Absolutely. And they're really enjoying themselves and they're very happy. So Pogba is singing the Kolo Kante song. And I think, well, that's fine. Good. Um, I, I sort of managed to separate him from the, <laughs> his other team at the moment. Uh, yeah, I'm fine with that. Um, I think my, my biggest disappointment was, uh, as I said, um, uh, Firmino and Bobby uh, Bobby Firmino and Brazil not making more out of what they could have done. Uh, and that is um, sad in a way. And of course, I was following Salah. I uh, mm-hmm. draw Salah as my game um, at Al uh, podcast. And uh, I must admit, it, I bought all the gear. I didn't really get to use it a lot. <laughs> I was really sad about that. And I also, I thought, you know, watching it, uh, um, Salah from afar As it were this time uh, mm. I, I didn't recognise him and, and the way he He looked uh, injured all the time uh, And the way they used him uh, you know, in the politics in it all, uh, mm-hmm. just was very, very sad to me. Uh, and Lovren love him with his silver medal. I'm fine with that as well, even though he sort of pretend or think he's world's best defender. He's not. But, <laughs> but, but he, he enjoyed himself and he sort of speaks before he thinks and all that. And that's fine again. But uh, I, I think he's proud and happy. And, and that's very, very good for us all,
3: yeah. coming back Perfect. to Liverpool. Very, very proud of Croatian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we should keep a weather eye out though on that, that corruption scandal that's been going on in Croatia because I think he's also been, he's potentially going to be charged with perjury as well as Modric. So, so watch this space Oops. would be, would be my, uh, would be my advice on, on and to see, to see what actually ha- happens. Um, Molly, what, Sort of very very quick fire. So your your surprise of the World Cup and your disappointment of the World Cup.
1: My surprise was probably Russia, Mm -hmm. um, who I didn't really expect a lot from, but you know played some really good football. Um, My disappointment, I've got to say, was England, um, because. Yeah, I was massively supporting England <laughs> throughout. Mm. Uh, very much club before country, and the worst type of England fan. I whinge about it until the tournament, <laughs> um, and I—I'll be really honest about that. I'm terrible, um, but I was so behind England, and I thought it was kind of. Um, you thought
3: football was coming home?
1: Yeah, and ch- <laughs> that's all the children have asked me for about three weeks. He's go miss miss. Do you know what's coming home? <laughs> <It's a football>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, oh. But it, that, and I don't know whether like that's added to it because there's been like a real kind of buzz everywhere, and kind of watching children who are really experiencing their first World Cup as well. Mm. Um. Like, oh, kind of the first World Cup that they remember yes. uh, properly is 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 being really nice to me, and um, so yeah, the, the disappointment. Um, they're not massively unexpected. Was <laughs> <laughs> kind of fit, them not getting to not getting to
3: the final. Okay, same question to you, Liam. So
2: yeah, it, it's an interesting one because I I agree in part with England. I think that um, as I said before, it's it's hard because no one would have expected England to get to the semi final. Um, but when you get there and you're playing. I mean, we we had a pretty easy route to the semi-final. When you're playing Croatia, who were a good team, they have a very, very good midfield in um Rakitic and Modric. They have Perisic, uh, Rebic, Mandzukic. They're a very, very talented team. But you're thinking, this is England's big shot to get to a World Cup final for the first time since 1966. This is it. Um, Could we really be bringing it home? A- and what started out was, as kind of a... A funny joke with footballs coming home actually seemed to be turning into some kind of reality. So for England to then not get to the final, of course, there was there was that element of disappointment. Um, but I don't think you could say that they were the main disappointment of the competition because obviously to to get to the semi final is still one of the best finishes in a World Cup we've had in a long long time, uh, and no one really would have thought Gareth Southgate would have been able to do so heading into it. Um, so in terms of Biggest disappointment, it's, I mean, it's got to be Germany for me. Um, I actually did say to someone before the tournament, I got completely uh, ridiculed for it, but I said that Germany wouldn't get through it, the group stage um, because in the, in the four years since the last World Cup, I think that other countries, as we saw um, in Russia, had progressed, they'd innovated, they'd bought into new styles, they'd added flair, they'd added pace, and they were just looking to, to go at teams. You saw that with Russia, who aren't maybe the best team, uh, but they did well because they just went for it. Whereas Germany, they, they just stuck to what they had four years ago. There was no attempt to, to rejuvenate it, to add more energy, to add that bit of youth. Um, we saw that with Livero Lo- Sani as well. So I, I think that kind of enabled um, Mexico to, to really run riot um, in that 1-0 win um, where they were so much better than the Germans. Um, so yeah, I, I think they were very, very disappointing. You're looking at the experience and the quality in that team and to not get out of the group stage was, was very, very poor. Um, other than that, Argentina maybe, not the best side, but when you've got Leo Messi, you expect to, to do well. Um, Spain did okay. Um, in their early stages, they looked like one of the better teams um, because mm. all, the, all the big countries weren't performing and Spain were doing all right. Um, but again, they just sort of fizzled out. And, and as was mentioned, Brazil... I'm very disappointed with them. I thought they could win the competition. Um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Liverpool fan, but I do think Firmino's absence was was a, a big factor because his movement, his ability to create space for Neymar, for Coutinho was pivotal. And, and we just didn't see that from Gabriel Jesus and, and Neymar's antics on the floor. Well, for that alone, he didn't deserve to be in the final.
3: <laughs> it, it, it became farcical after a while. <laughs> Uh, watching, watching Neymar do do his thing, um, I have to agree with you on on my view the sort of criminal underuse of Firmino by Brazil, um, and I and I do think it would have made a difference because every game he came on, he made a difference. Even ultimately when they lost um, in the round of 16, he made a difference when he came on but um I I, suppose my 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 surprise and and you kind of beat me to it Leanne was was Germany I was I was really surprised that they didn't get out the group but but you're probably right I haven't watched them that closely over the last four years but in terms of their overall performances that was that was a big surprise to me um the disappointment I suppose is um I would have liked to have seen some of the African teams do better, Um, particularly Senegal. And yes, partly I'm biased because of um, Manet, Uh But I thought they were quite unlucky in, in terms of, you know, in terms of sort of what happened. To, you know, it's literally on goals scored or goals. Different. No, it was yellow cards in the end, wasn't it? They had one more yellow card and that's why they didn't go through. And that just felt very random. A randomly cruel but i suppose the other slight disappointment in terms of not so much the big sides but in terms of teams not necessarily getting what they deserved i felt i was disappointed for japan in terms of their overall performances and where they actually ended up and i and i still remember as brilliant a team goal as it was and the naivety of japan in terms of losing that game to Belgium by by the way they took that corner in the last ten seconds, but it it was an incredibly cruel way for them to, for them to go out. So I was I was disappointed to them in terms of all of the effort that they put in. But overall, I have to say I did think it was a it was a really good World Cup. There were some really interesting games, um, and some you know high scoring games, exciting stuff. I do wonder around uh, 2022 because obviously for the first time ever, it will be a winter world cup. So that's going to be very different. It'll finish seven days before Christmas um, and it will be 48 teams. So it's going to be very, I think it's going to be a very different experience. Um, But, you know, we all we we worried about what Russia would be like, and it's been cracking. You, you never know. Maybe you know, maybe Qatar will will again surprise us. Uh, so we've we spent quite a lot of time talking about the World Cup. So let's move on. Um, Pre season is underway. Liverpool are creeping closer to kicking off the season on the 12th of August um, at home to West Ham, and. Uh, We've had a couple of games under our belts. We'll come on to transfers, but um, Molly, we've we've got three games underway so far: uh, Chester, Tranmere, and Berry. Have you seen anything of our our pre-season performances thus far?
1: Uh, no, not really. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was the I was dreading you calling me first. Um, <laughs> That's I've, all right. it's I've it is the best thing. policy. It's, it's literally, yeah, no, I could just make some stuff up. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I've read what's been going on and and I've followed it in that sense, but uh, work has just been a bit too chaotic for me to uh, uh, really <laughs> kind of sit and watch properly. So sorry. Um,
3: <laughs> that's, that's all right. We we've won two and drawn one. Um, yeah. So so that's that's our starting point. Um, Randy, you've been on your holiday, so you're going to tell me you haven't seen anything either, aren't you? Uh,
0: the thing was, I was actually watching England while we played Chester, but I had uh, Chester going on in the background, so I was like tearing and stuff like that when I shouldn't. Um, and it was really <laughs> nice to see so many goals, obviously. And uh, the most important thing for me is just see the guys again, uh, back together. All the young ones that you haven't seen for a while, all the guys you've got that was playing for Liverpool. And uh, on top of that, we got to see Fabinho and Keita. And that's always a thrill. So I'm very excited about uh, Keita. I must admit, he looks so uh, on the ball, uh, so ready for it. So in people's, uh, legs all the time. You know, he's looking for spaces. He's, he looks very promising, uh, already. Uh, but of course, Fabinho looks a bit more on his back heel and a bit more. What is going on here? <laughs> Hang on. Uh, he, he sort of needs to find his feet, it looks like, but, uh, it's, uh, just entertaining. Uh, so chest game, a good one and uh from there on uh, I have uh, lost out a bit, but I've uh, seen the highlights of course, and uh reckons the last one against Barry looked very boring
3: uh yeah all, 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 I can t- <laughs> all I can tell you about that one was it's nil nil I've not seen a single no. second of of that one uh, I mean part of this obviously is about gathering fitness um. Leanne, there's been talk, you know, particularly since the, the Chester, uh, game when we, when we kicked off about Sturridge, um, A, in terms of how lean and fit he looks, but B, that, um, potentially, Plot may be considering utilizing him in that 10 role. I don't know if you read any of this. And, and if you've seen any of the, the pre-season games so far and, and what, what you thought of his overall uh, performance in this very early stage.
2: Yeah, so I've been paying quite a lot of attention to pre-season. Obviously, the World Cup has been on as well, but I've been mixing and matching. Um, I didn't catch the Bari game, but it sounds like I didn't really miss too much. Um, <laughs> apart from the, the first 30 minutes I saw, and Origi obviously missed a, a very good chance. But apart from that, it didn't seem like there was too much action. Um, but yeah, in terms of Daniel Sturridge He has been one of the standouts of pre-season so far Okay, it's just been Chester and Tranmere and, and Bury It's not been, you know, Man City, Man U type teams um, And so we'll only really be able to make a make a decision When it comes to the US Tour um, When you get that high calibre of opposition in, in your Borussia Dortmunds um, But yeah, Daniel Sturridge, he does look good He does look fitter, he looks sharper He looks like he's... Wanting to get on the ball, he's got that extra yard of pace about him this time. He he looks a bit more confident in himself, uh, whereas mm. previously he's been unwilling to well almost unwilling to get on the ball because he's he's scared of making that little dart that little burst because of his injuries. Um, and, and so that's great to see. I did think he was going to be off this summer, and you know as I said, it depends on how uh, the tour of the US goes as to as to whether he stays or goes. Um, but I think Klopp is, is taking notice of his performances. We've, we've seen there's been a little bit of a positional change and maybe that's going to rejuvenate, uh, Sturridge's career at Liverpool because he's not a striker who now has that yard of pace to run in behind the defence, but he does have that creativity, that eye and that ability to score from, from 25 yards as we've seen in pre-season. Um, and just put it in the corner. Um, so if you've got a player like that and you want to, challenge in the FA Cup the Carabao Cup, the Premier League and the Champions League. you're going to need quality players and we can sit here and we can talk for hours about his injury record and whether he's reliable but so long as Liverpool aren't solely dependent on Daniel Sturridge as being understudied to Firmino I can see why Klopp might keep him around Um, and from a nostalgic point of view I, I hope he does I love Sturridge, will always love Sturridge Um, Mm. But then at at, at the same time I I could easily see him leaving Anfield this summer So I I think it's very much up in the air Until the US tour But definitely if he stays There could well be a positional change for him
3: And I I have to say I I would Personally I would love to see him stay as well Um, If he can remain fit And I know know it's a big if um, I I just think There is so much talent there and if we could find a way to harness it, it's, the, he's a great, it's a great player to be in the squad. But I also understand, you know, he's 28 now. Um, he's not wanting to just be a squad player. He want, he would want to go somewhere and have a chance of starting. But, you know, maybe we could keep him till January. Um, and he gets a good run in the side, scores some goals, improves his confidence. Um, you know and maybe maybe that's a that's an option, yeah, I, it would be interesting to see what happens in the preseason tour when they go off to the states um interestingly, over the last i think is it two and a half years, Lalana's actually had a worse injury record than Sturridge <laughs> interestingly enough um and it was it was you know he he was leading the team out, i think against um tranmere uh Lallana, and did score in the first half, and he actually looks quite he looks quite lean and, and quite sharp because overall last season um, we didn't do too bad with injuries but you know if we're gonna really compete on four fronts we definitely need that quality in the squad. So yeah, I I think from the very game there was very little to say, if I'm honest. The the one other thing that I did note in terms of, and I did just watch the highlights, but I was quite impressed with uh, Ojo and Camacho, um, particularly down the right hand side. I saw less of Curtis Jones in terms of the the highlights, but certainly I thought like they looked quite an interesting partnership. And I appreciate you know they're not going to get huge amounts of playing time this season, but but uh, I thought they I thought they looked quite good, quite interesting. I don't know if you've seen if you've seen any of them not not in this pre-season only but if you've sort of seen any of them you know in any of the the stuff last season or any of the under twenty three games or whatever. Obviously Ojo was on loan at Fulham for a period last season but but they certainly look good. So if you haven't had a chance and you do and you have five minutes, I'd have a look at those two. Particularly, I think the Tranmere game uh, in the first half. They look really good. So, um, I feel sorry, like you've just God. given
1: me homework, gay.
3: <laughs> it's not intentional. <laughs> not after you've just finished your last exam. I'm, I am definitely not giving you homework. That, I mean, that like...
1: probably would be the most enjoyable homework I've ever done. But...
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, not God, the world. No, <laughs> Day for you. No 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I'm just saying if you know if you happen to be sat there with a laptop, you know. Um so <laughs> so we have got um I'm trying to think now. We we've got I can't remember actually what the next preseason game is, but um and when we go off to the States, one of you will have to remind it's Blackburn. Me. Is it oh thank you thank you Andy and when is Blackburn? 19th i think uh uh, uh, thursday yes Yes. thursday 19th right okay so well we shall look forward and uh see us maybe step up a little bit in that game but seeing as you mentioned them randy you talked about cater and you talked about fabino so so let's just move on for the the sort of final part of the pod to transfers um, so the summer transfer window is open. We did some very early business and and in terms of cater, some very, very early business because we signed them a year ago. <laughs> um, and there's been a lot of speculation other than that. And and we seem to have people on Twitter already melting down <laughs> before <laughs> before the transfer window is closed and the season has started. Um, so where do you think? We're going next if we're going to sign anybody else uh, before the season starts. So, so Randy, let's come, let's start with you on that one. Uh,
0: I certainly hope we get more people in. Uh, I think we need that. Uh, because we're not going to keep all the young guys that are with us now, even though they look promising. I'm sure uh, somebody's going to go out on loan, and so far, and. Um, We've got two really good guys. We've got one that is defensive midfielder. We've got one that is more of a box to box that is attacking. He can defend. He can move all around. And I'm, I'm listening a lot to Melissa Reddy and she said uh, yesterday or today, she said, we're definitely going to go for, for a keeper. We're definitely going to go for that all round, that playmaker, that offensive all rounder. That looks like it's Fekir. At least it was Fekir, but is it going to be him? Nobody knows. It's been really quiet and it's very exciting, all of it. But I, I think, uh, I, I definitely agree. That's what we need. We need definitely those two plays. And then hopefully, you know, I mean, we got Shakiri the other day, didn't we? Oh, my Yeah. I, I,
3: I'd actually completely forgotten. And then I yeah, just remember, no. I thought, oh, bugger. We saw, we, we just, from Stoke as well That is
0: a very funny one to me Because I've always looked at him You know, years back and thought That's a really good player But when he went to Stoke uh, I looked at him in another way And we met him a couple of times And he hasn't always uh, done the magic I thought he was capable of But thinking about what we've done Anyway, he's not going to go in And be a starter He's going to be a backup He's going to be that addition That when the guys that start doesn't make it Or something happens Or we need the change in the team He he will be brilliant for that, I'm sure But I don't think he is that one That we are missing That we were looking for That is going to take Coutinho's place So we definitely need one like that And uh, hopefully uh, at least two uh, two uh, additions uh, coming in then. And hopefully a keeper as well Although I'm really sad about the whole carriers thing, you know, I I can't get my head around how some of the fans react to him. To what he what happened to him, to what what's happening there. I mean look at Loris the other day. Keepers do make mistakes and, and he looked such a powerhouse in the last half a year before before that shambles. So I'm really sorry for him, but I think we need a new keeper.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think you're probably right because I don't think Ward is the answer. Um, I'm assuming he's going to sell Minule, Um, and therefore you need a, uh, you need a quality, uh, backup slash number one slash challenger to carry us because I don't see Klopp uh, jettison, jettisoning him. Uh, that's not his style. You know, so, so that I think that's, I think that's a given. Um, I was interested in the Shakiri one because I do think Klopp loves to improve players. And yeah. I think we will see a, a better version of Shakiri than we saw at Stoke. I'm not sure that he will start, as, as you say, certainly not, not at the beginning, but it, depending on how well Oxley Chamberlain, um recovers from his injury um because he was flying before he got injured so if you have him you have uh Shakiri you potentially got Sturridge you've got Kato you've got Fabino um you've got Lalana now fit um on the face of it you know you you add one more um to that you've got you Got a match choice In terms of um, Set up around Defensive and attacking midfield players What you don't Necessarily have unless you include Sturridge is that is um, A lot of change out At the top mm. um, Because I don't see I don't see Ings sadly Having a future with us I think Ings will go um, So Leanne What about you Where what would you What would you want to see us do over and above what we've already done in the transfer market?
2: Um, well, just a quick word on Shakiri. Um, just as you were talking about him, um, I wrote and asked on him recently, um, and I, yeah. I think he's a I think he's a very good signing. I think he is someone who we needed to bring in. Um, just looking at that front three, you need a backup. Mm. We got very lucky last year with injuries. Um, Firmino and Salah and Mane didn't really pick up any um, long-standing injuries, but next season they could. And Shaqiri's the type of player who can come in, he can create chances, and he can add that bit of depth uh, that we need. So, yeah, very good signing, created 2.2 chances uh, per 90 minutes last season. So that's better than Mane and Salah. That's not to say he's a better player, but again, it reflects what he can do.
3: Um, and, yeah. and also in a worse team, exactly. let's be honest. A team yeah. that got relegated.
2: And he's he's also got um, a great ability from dead ball situations. So he's got a lot to offer this Liverpool team um, as a, a depth option. But when you're looking to, to mount a charge on four competitions, he's a- actually probably going to get quite a lot of game time as it is. Um, but in, in mm-hmm. terms of what else Liverpool needs, I think... Absolutely right. They do need a Coutinho replacement. I think that will still be Nabil Fakir. I do see that one coming to fruition, hopefully um, in the next week or so. Um, if not him, then Klopp will have a backup. He will have an alternative option. We've seen that he's thought things through. Edwards knows what he's doing. There's a lot of um, evidence there that those two can be trusted. Um, and so I see someone coming in to add that bit of creativity behind the front yeah. three, uh, just to keep us Ticking over from an attacking sense. Um, and of course, the other big one is the goalkeeper, Carius. As has been said, I do feel sorry for him. Um, in that I don't think it's actually, um, being helped by the fact that he's starting the pre-season games and he's not hmm. getting a good reception from fans. Therefore, his confidence is getting even more, um, diminished. And, and from there, it's just hard to sort of recover and that, that raises a question of will he ever fully recover from Kiev um, or will he get the chance to because of how hostile away crowds will be next season. Um, so I do think Klopp's got to look at bringing in another goalkeeper. Hopefully that's someone like Alisson or Oblak um, and not someone like Jack Butland. Um, but, but yeah, yeah we, oh. can't,
3: we can't be having Jack Butland. <laughs> I thought he was off to West Ham, actually. I,
2: I'm not sure. West Ham seems to be buying everyone at the moment just to... <laughs>
3: Yeah, stick they behind are. behind us
2: for the first day of the season but but yeah a goalkeeper would be good and it would just propel us further Um I don't think we'll, we'll sign a sense back I I think Melissa Reddy actually confirmed that she doesn't think we will either uh, yeah. but you know uh, a creative force a goalkeeper and then maybe another uh, depth option if someone becomes available at a good price like Shakiri. Uh, and I mm-hmm. can see that that coming off as well so Plenty to be positive about Fabinho and to two very good signings. Shakiri, very good signing at a very low cost. Um, and hopefully, we get a goalkeeper in. Hopefully, we get Fakir or someone else of that ilk in. And we're ready to, to mount a serious challenge next season.
3: Because that's what it's about, isn't it, Molly? We We need to be not looking for top four, we need to be looking for top two. And ideally, Top one. I mean, yes, you want to guarantee to be back in the Champions League, but we want to we want to mount a title challenge, um as opposed to just getting into the top four. So is there is there anything that you'd you'd add or change um in terms of what we've talked about, uh for you know, additions to the squad?
1: Not really. I think the main thing is like it like kind of has already been said, is is depth. Um, because kind of with all the competitions, uh, I think that was definitely something that we noticed um, that was definitely a hindrance to us at the end of this, uh, this, this season just gone. Um, the, the only real thing to add is that I'm kind of like not stressed about transfers. And I think that's because I think for the first time in quite a few um as, as obviously i I've seen quite a few managers go through for the mm. first time. I have like complete and utter faith that like Klopp and Edders, they're gonna get the they're gonna get the job done. Um and they're not gonna rush into signings, we're not gonna be you know you know, maybe yeah. we don't get fick here, we're not gonna get three mediocre players. We never say we're gonna get quality at whatever price, whether it's, you know, kind of a um you, you know, a Van Dyke price or whether it's a Shakiri price, we're getting quality and depth. Um and I think that's really refreshing. Yeah. And obviously, I, you know, the kind of you know uh transfers that will get us that top position.
3: And I have to you know, I have to I have to agree with you on that. I, I am not stressed in the slightest, funnily enough, around the transfer window i know there's a lot of column inches and there's a lot of um whatsapp conversations and you know tweets taken i think but i'm genuinely not concerned about it um, because if i think back to our last five or six signings pretty much every single one of them has has turned out golden um and and at some point you know one will have to be a busted flush because it's statistically you know, it's inevitable, but, you know, the strike rate we've had recently with, with, uh, transfers has been brilliant. So, uh, you know, and long may it continue. So, just a, just a very quick, uh, round table then. So, one, one quick question and any other business. Um, who's the one player that you think will leave Liverpool by the end of this transfer window, Molly? Danny Ings. Yeah.
2: Um, well, yeah. Danny Ings, but also I think Harry Wilson. He looks like he's off on loan uh, to to Derby. Uh, it looks like Frank Lampard wants him. Um, Daniel Sturridge, as I said, maybe. Um, I I don't actually think there's that much dead wood left at Liverpool, which is quite a good thing. Simon Mignolet, maybe. Um, but in previous seasons, we we probably would have said five, six, seven. Names, whereas mm-hmm. now we're talking two or three So I think that in itself speaks volumes About how Klopp is shaping the team uh, and, and hopefully if, if Danny Ings does go He's a player I like a lot, but obviously injuries have, have kind of scuppered him If he does go, then then hopefully Sturridge is able to stay or we bring Another depth option in So as has been said, lots of trust in Klopp And, and looking forward to the season
3: Randy, who, what's the one Player you think won't be here At the end of the transfer window
0: I completely agree. It's going to be um, Menelae and it's
3: definitely going to be Ing,
0: and it's sad, but he needs it. And uh, I think those two are definite. And on top of that, I don't know. Um, We need people. We need uh, legs. So hopefully they don't go a lot of them.
3: I think I I think a Rigi Will also not be here uh-huh. By the end of the transit. No, whether that's a loan or whether we sell him I think, I think he's coming into the last Year of his contract I, I, I suspect he might Be gone yeah. um, I think there'll be a few that will go out on loan um, I think you're right Leanne about Harry Wilson I also wonder Around um, Ojo Going back out on loan But I, I, I've been Quite impressed with him so far in, in pre-season Um and maybe Curtis Jones to go out on loan. Um, I suppose it depends what they think. We've got depth in terms of uh, centre back and and midfield, and you know in the youth ranks. Um, so uh, any any other business? And uh, just uh, this is a sort of one for me. Are we done with Buvach then? Is he gone forever and never coming back? And does that mean um, there's going to be somebody else coming in on the backroom staff? That's my any other business question. <laughs> I just I'm not quite sure what, exactly where we've got to with with that story. Um, anybody got any views on that? Uh, I don't think he's coming back. I think that's sort of all
2: settled now. Um, Klopp has built back from staff that he wanted. Bubac obviously whether it's he wants his own managerial job as, as top dog or whether the relationship broke down, we'll never know. But I don't see him coming back. I think we would have had that clarification by now uh, with preseason kicking off um, and Klopp won't really want that disturbance around his squad as the, the rumours continue to mount. So I think it's sort of done and dusted. Um, It remains to be seen what kind of impact that will have on the squad, but obviously Pep Linders is back. So that's going to be a big boost. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I was, I was pleased to see him, see him back. Um, Right, anybody uh, got any uh, other business, anything they want to plug or anything they think we should know about? Randy? Uh, This
0: holiday mode is really making me completely (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, but I I, I agree, though. I I think that uh, Peplindus has come back and everyone seems so happy about it. So hopefully uh, Jürgen hasn't lost his brain uh, completely, just... Even though he lost his other brain, uh, uh, as long as he's happy, you know, I'm so I'm sure he's going to sort that out. Uh, other business. Uh, I just want to win a cup. Can we just order that please for next season? I'd love a cup.
3: Yeah. So that's let's, my wish. Let's, let's win something, okay? Top of top of the league <laughs> in a cup. All right. <laughs> not not much to ask. No, Molly. No. Any other business? You don't think so good, sorry. focus
1: on your packing <laughs> now. <laughs> oh, I can't even think about it, yeah. Yeah, it is, it's going to be. I'm really, really paranoid. Not paranoid because it'll be really, it'll still be a good thing, whatever. But I've got this feeling that the season I move away. So that's, I've been on this season ticket for 18 years. Uh-huh. We'll probably win the league this season. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I leave the continent... Yes. And well, don't go to the games full time. You know that's <laughs> what's gonna happen.
0: But Molly, if that's what it takes, it, you know, yeah, you're gonna that sacrifice that
1: I'm
3: sure. You're prepared to make for us.
1: <laughs> Take one for the team. Yeah.
3: Exactly. Please. It's a small price to pay, surely. <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what, you know, if if that happens, you, you'll be pulling strings, you'll be, you know, ratcheting up your leave so you can just be there for that last home game of the season to see us lift the trophy. So you won't miss it all. No, we've got, uh, We've got yeah, and there were just
1: two, kind of two of us going out to Sport Liverpool and the other person knew someone out there already. And, like, the only questions we've been asking are, like, where can we watch the match? Are there any supporters clubs? What? Is there like life of all we go
0: done? important questions. Yeah, Absolutely. there will be, surely.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There will be, there will be. Right, Leanne, any other business from you? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I've got a
2: couple of articles out on the AI site at the moment just about uh, what we can expect for next season. Uh, the Klopp, uh-huh. um, you know, the way Klopp has kind of revolutionized the team. He's built a better backup squad than what he actually inherited from Brendan Rodgers Um, I've talked about the carrier situation and I've talked about Jordan Shaqiri Um, other than that, just keep listening to the writer's podcast that I host, uh, with Tom Holmes. Uh, that's always a great listen. But apart from that, it's just great to be on again.
3: It's great to have you. It's great to have you all back. Um, I'm getting quite excited now because, um, I can, st- I can see the start of the season appearing on the horizon. Um, and this is, this is always the bit that gets your juices flowing. So it's been brilliant to talk to you all to, to, to kick off pre-season, um, with our first live a birds pod for the 1819. Uh, Football season So thank you very much For joining this evening Thank you listeners For uh, joining us For our first uh, pod Of the new season Hopefully there'll be Many more to come And we will talk to you soon Bye bye
2: Life goes on day after day Heart's torn in every
1: way So very Cross the Mersey cause this lands the place I love and here I'll stay
0: Sports Social Podcast Network